put this in properly and people can see it. Okay, sweet. Uh-oh, we're live. <laughs> and wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Break it up. Break up the team. They're back, baby. It's all going to happen. No, I'm kidding. Uh, welcome to this week's Toronto Till I Die podcast. Uh, the They've won two in a row edition. Uh, so everybody's now super excited. Uh, you're with me, your host, Mike Newell. Um, as always, joined by Jeffrey P. Nesker. And uh, just like they pulled me from the reserve team, we have gone to the reserves and pulled up uh, my co-host at the Tunnel Club um, and uh, the House on Lake Shore podcast, Sean Levy. Uh, boys, how are we doing today? The two in a row win vibes, two very good, kind of comfortable uh, wins in a row. Uh, it's a new feeling. It's a new day for us in 2022. How are you guys doing? Let's let Sean go first so I can make sure he I can hear him. <laughs> well, testing one, two, three. Yeah, 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 you're good. You're good. Yay! Sorry for the technical difficulties, but uh, no worries, buddy. Yeah, you know what? I guess for me, I'm still on a bit of a, a positive vibe. It was a great weekend. It was a great week and a half of soccer for Toronto FC fans. So, um, you know, I'm definitely in a good spirit when it comes to the club. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, like like you guys said on on the on the brilliant uh, two tunnel clubs that you did, especially the last one. Uh, the vibes were immaculate. I mean, nice weather, you know, cold beer, good football. Uh, I what 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 can we say that you guys haven't said already? I mean, I think uh, I think Mikey Newell encapsulated it really well. Uh, th- these were team games, uh, you know. All all they were they were cooking they were cooking with gas and and they were firing on all thrusters. Like this is what we wanted to see, and it's it's fantastic to see it doubly so because of the youth movement that's now generating this this wonderful free-flowing attacking football maybe all of those calls for patience in the face of 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 insurmountable sadness uh were actually were actually worth something because i mean the results are the results are undeniable i I mean you can you can see in the rundown i've taken a lot of flack for for calling out the kids over the last two oh we're getting to that Um, we're gonna get oh yeah 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 i know we are i know we are but uh you know I, I don't I'm I'm remiss to say that we've turned a corner because it is a very small sample size, but holy crap, guys. Uh, you know, that was that felt like a like a collective exhale from from the TFC Live family uh after some some less than favorable results. Absolutely. Hey, you look, uh, I think you know, this time last week we were we were kind of like, what is going on? Um so a lot can change in a week. Um, and yeah. we talked about it on the last podcast that, you know, they could hopefully use the cup win, uh, getting to a cup final as a springboard, uh, potentially to just sort of make their run. And, and it looks like whatever Bob said between Saturday night and Wednesday night, uh, yeah. took hold, uh, because it, the thing that, and we talked about in tunnel club, a lot of other shows have talked about it too, but the, the pressing, I, I think the pressing mm-hmm. in, in, from the front players, um, and in the midfield has been really impressive. And, and uh, especially, you know, I'll call out Jaden Nelson specifically 
um, just in terms of being able to, yes, okay, decision-making still needs to improve, but mm-hmm. from a, a pure hustle and pressing perspective, I, I mean, he's got, he's a 19 year old, so he's got 19 year old legs and 19 year old energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that helps. But uh, yeah, that, I think that's the biggest change in this team that I've seen over the last two games. Um, preface this by saying it's two games, so let's not yeah. um, go nuts, but we're going to get to that in a bit. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, you know, just really quickly, just in terms of the show today, he's here. Uh, Lorenzo is here. Uh, press conference is happening. Uh, at some point today, uh, normally that's why Mike Singh isn't here. Yeah, he's he's why. waiting around, waiting yeah, around Mike, for this press conference. Yeah, Mike Singh's at BMO at the BMO Club, uh, eating some turkey sandwiches or something like that. Really nice. <laughs> uh, before they uh, officially mm-hmm. unveil Lorenzo Insigne, so we'll talk a bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about Bob Bradley over these first sixteen games. How we feeling um, and where we think we're going. We'll take a quick look at uh, Columbus uh, coming up on Wednesday. Um, and then we'll get to your three burning questions. Thank you to all the listeners. You bombarded yeah. me with questions, yep. which is yep. amazing. I love. We that. love it. We love it. We love. We love having. We yeah. So we have three here. Uh, I'll read them out today. If I didn't read out yours today, don't worry. I'm starting to cache these. Uh, so if they are relevant <laughs> in the future, we will use it again. So all good. <laughs> um, but before mm-hmm. we get into segment one, uh, Jeff, I just want to sort of round off on um, the proceedings of the last two home matches um I'll, I'll ask both of you just what mm. is the one thing that really sort of took you aback over these past two games in terms of you know just whether it's a particular player or a, or something within that was happening in those games that sort of just made you sort of make the eyebrows raise uh sean i'll start with you yeah let's go sean uh, um i guess you know what it's just been i've seen a more complete team in the past two games Right. You know, earlier in the year, you know, we had a bit of a run. We were playing well, but we weren't really playing great football. You know, there was you still saw errors where you definitely knew yep. we need to be better defensively. We needed more control in the midfield. Uh, the young guys needed to know when to attack, when to focus on defense. And the in the past two games, again, it's just these two games. So I'm not going to yep. make it seem as if we've turned that corner 100 percent. But you're seeing a more unified team team hustle helping each other put you know when when it's not one or two guys applying that pressure you see the whole you know whether it be the midfield and the forwards applying it it's that team press it's that you're they're playing team football and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we haven't seen all season long we're finally see that's and for me that's a, that that's that's what i'm noticing yep i mean it, it the, the the idiom doesn't work but possession as opposed to regression that's what i'm seeing uh, you know, I, I was really getting upset with what I thought was a regression. And, and again, you know, it, it, that, that, that four game winning streak, uh, it, it turned a lot of heads and it, and it spoiled a lot of, a lot of, uh, of ink that had been spilled, but um, basic principles of play were being abandoned. And I saw them coming back. Um, Axis of evil is just throwing out, throwing out the hits right now. Um, and I think he's right. First off, uh, Insigne energy making waves. Can't deny that. Uh, and secondly, better goaltending, which I agree with. Um, in addition, Mike, you said this on the Tunnel Club. You know, Chris Mavinga has a bunch of tools in his in his toolbox that we occasionally forget about. And those line-breaking passes are so important. And like you said, almost verbatim on the Tunnel Club, you really miss them when they're gone. Um, and oh so. You can, like, 
his value to this team now, he may be the most important player on our squad. And, and I, and I don't, I, I say that with, with peace and love knowing full well, you know, that there'll be some people that, that think that that's crazy, but he's the stir, he's the straw that stirs our drink now. I mean, he's omnipresent. His engine is now usurped like the Michael Bradleys and some of the other vets out there. He's vocal on the field and he, he's tricky. I mean, he's, he's a very complete player now. And because he's not the marquee guy, he gets away with murder, right? He can do things that a, that a Jimenez or a Pozuelo can't do because he's not getting triple marked. So, you know, that it's that we keep talking about team. And it's really important to have somebody with those kind of skills on a team where everybody else is going to get triple mark because he's our, he's almost our secret weapon. Um, you know, I think the other thing, and you also mentioned it on the Tunnel Club, was the partnership of Mavinga and Salcedo was finally looked like a decent MLS partnership. Um, they were covering for each other. They were... Uh, you know, they were, they were sort of, they, they understood what was going on. And like you said, I've never seen Salcedo more communicative on the field. I've never seen him more vocal in terms of positioning and, and everything else. So the hope is, is that the team has crossed that hump where, you know, we're not correcting basic mistakes now and we're into like advanced or the intermediate level where now it is something that can be communicated in, in two short bursts of grunts on the field as opposed to, you know, why are you, why, why is your back to goal? Like I can't explain the, the basic mechanics of football to you in, in a five second interval. Yeah. Right? I think so. that, I think that's going to, you're still going to have a bit of that, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. but I think what we're seeing here is that, you know, at some point, I think Carlos Sosedo is kind of getting to the point where it's like, okay, I need to take this a little bit more of the scruff of the neck. And I kind of felt like that, uh, especially against Montreal, but that sort of took itself a bit more into uh, the game on Saturday against Atlanta, you know, and, and it, it helps when, uh, you know, I, I think you have that ability, confidence in your partner beside you with, with Chris Bavinga. And that's not to say that he doesn't have confidence in Shane O'Neill, but I think sure. the, there's um I think the way that they play better complement each other uh, Absolutely. from that perspective. And, and that's why, especially because you can have a left footer and a right footer, right? Like that's, that's, that's sort of the, the ideal. Yeah. Magic yeah. That's the dream there. matchup. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think you're, you're still going to have some of those moments where you're just going to have some gaps at the back, but what we hope to see going forward now is a more cohesive team defending Right. And, yeah. and I think we got a really good sense of that at the end of that Atlanta game where they were throwing the kitchen sink at them and they sure stayed were. resolute. Whereas a team two weeks ago would have probably crumbled and conceded a goal. Right. So yep. that is an encouraging sign as Bob Bradley. So said, encouraging. Barcelona yet. They're not. Yeah. They're not the finished product yet, but it's a good encouraging uh, step forward. Justin Justin brings up something in the chat that I think is interesting. He says, I think it's also important to point out that halfway through the season, MLS parity is at work. I agree, but I think that that takes away a, li- a lot of the agency and of what we've been frustrated for so long, which is coming up one of our bigger segments. Um, but, you know, we could be starting to see the fruit of this, of this new training, of the new Bob Bradley system, starting to become muscle memory to these players, which means it's easier for, for leaders on the field to communicate. Not to repeat myself, but, but I do think that that's what we're starting to see. You know, Absolutely. I and and uh, and that's the most encouraging thing 
other than number 24 arriving at, you know, uh, 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 gate E at, at Pearson. Over, over <laughs> well, it, let's talk right? about uh, number 24 because we can actually mm-hmm. kind of say his name now. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it depends on how uh, player rights and imaging yeah, rights yeah. work. Um, but he is here. Lorenzo Insigne has landed in Toronto. He landed on Friday to much fanfare. Uh, mm-hmm. I had people who don't know a thing about football asking me about Lorenzo Insigne. So clearly it's making some impact outside of our TFC soccer bubble. Sure, um, sure. But I mean, I, just for you guys, I mean, I know my excitement level um, and where it's at, and I can get into that in a second. But I want to lo- know from you guys and from those who are watching uh, wherever you are, type in the comments. Yeah. How excited are you to have him? Like we've been talking about him for half a year, right? You know, this is this happened in January, so we knew he's been coming. He was going to be coming for this, like the time. But now it's done, and now he's yep. here. How excited are you to to finally sort of have him here and potentially train? <laughs> well, potentially, I say that, and I'll I'll get to that caveat yep. in a second. But um, just how excited are you to to, to have him here? Sean, Sean, I'll go with you first. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Yeah, he doesn't I sound guess. very excited, Mike. Because I, <laughs> like, I want, I want, like, I know what he brings to the table, but mm-hmm. I guess part of the problem was I was worried about the pieces we had to play alongside him. Damn and right. Like, how motivated will he be? You know, if he's watched games earlier or. You know, if he just finds like he doesn't get the same energy that he's used to seeing, whether it be with Napoli, whether it be with his Italian um, national team, you know, this is it's a different environment, totally sure. different environment for him. So I, I guess I'm tempering my, my expectations where we know what skills he brings to the table. But there could be a bit of an adjustment period for him. You know, Absolutely. Totally new, like new league, new style of play. Um, where even though we knew what he like the, his talent, there's gonna be more pressure on him to be not just the man for TFC. Almost like you know, like there's gonna be pressure to be like, all right, who's gonna who has the best DP signing now? Whether is it us? Is it LAFC with Bale? Right? Like having these cash in puts a lot of pressure on the player. Hey, you know what? Yeah. There's a difference between our DP signing and their DP signing. Oh, our yeah. DP signing being here to play golf. Okay. <laughs> like he listen, you know, I'm, listen. I'm not I'm not gonna get into all that that, right? No, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because my my there is a giant Gareth Bale on Tam size hole in my excitement for Lorenzo Insigne <laughs> arriving. Right? I mean, what the hell is LAFC doing? They just broke the world. Uh you know, uh I agree. They'll you know, it's a different league. The, the the fan experience is different. Uh, TFC are a passionate fan base, but we ain't got nothing on anybody in Syria. Those guys live and breathe football. You know what I mean? And so do we, but I don't think to that extent. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, all of that becomes doubly important because here comes Gareth Bale on a Victor Vasquez deal, right? On a, on a Zlatan year one deal. Um, there is absolutely no way anybody that covers this league is not going to make those comparisons when they arrive and ju- and judge them out. You know, here's here's the fifteen million dollar man, and here's the five hundred thousand dollar and a and a and a free pass for eighteen rounds at at the local you know tar, tar pits golf course, man. So the pressure's on, the heat is on, 
And uh, I'm very, very glad that the team has rounded into, you know, fingers crossed, toes crossed, has rounded into some kind of form so that we can alleviate some of the burden here because the pressure is on this guy, right? Yeah, the lead. It's different, mm-hmm. though. It, I would say it's different, though. I think the, the yeah, okay, everybody's going to make the comparison in regards to money, right? Like, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, the contracts. Gareth Bale is here to get fit for the World Cup. There is one purpose that he's here. He's here to play, to get fit, to go t- to play for Wales in the World Cup. And that just so is the MLS. So he's important. the same as the Julio Cesar deal. Sure, for yeah. I, I, I disagree. Yeah, this is for sure. This is Gareth Bale, man. I mean, the guy. Yeah. You know, like look, yeah, he's he'll, be around, he'll be around next year. Yeah, if he's coming back, well, if he comes back next year, he's not coming mm-hmm. back on a Tam deal, right? There's no no way no no. It's 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 in the it's in all the articles, right? It's his Latin deal, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, from that yeah. perspective, I, I don't think that, sure, for this season, fine. Uh, going forward, I don't think that washes. I think I'm excited for Lorenzo and City to be here. I, I Frankly, I don't really care what LAFC do, right? LAFC <laughs> are at a different point in their process than we are. They're right now closer to being a cup-winning team than we are. So they need to go make those moves to try to push them over the top. We're at a point right now where we're still building to get to that point. We just happened to be able to sign a player on a free that was available when you probably would have no other opportunity to sign this player. Like if he went off 100% for Spurs for, you know, two years, we never get him again. Right. So yeah. you have to get him when you get him. But uh, for me, I'm excited because I think what he does is he is going to elevate everyone around him. And it's the I... same thing that Sebastian Javinko did with everybody mm-hmm. else in that first year in 2015. Like, look, that 2015 team, you know mm-hmm. they were okay, but defensively we were defensively we were terrible. And yeah, basically we, we scored. We you know we kind of baseball scored our way out of games sometimes, right? One hundred percent, absolutely. So, so from that perspective, I think he elevates us in that way. I know there's concerns about there about like, how can you play everybody up front and will they track back and all that kind of stuff. That stuff will get sorted out. I believe yeah. in Lorenzo Insigne as a professional. I've seen him play for Napoli. The guy will play and he will play hard, right? So absolutely, I, that, that I don't have a concern about. My concern Plus, we're, right we're now, misremembering how much Josie and Seba played defense, exactly, right? Like you know, right. <laughs> my concern right now is that he is coming in with a bit of. Uh, uh, I don't know how extensive the calf issue was because that's why he didn't play. That. Truth, Vinalisma. Uh, super glorified, yep. uh, friendly against Argentina uh, mm-hmm. last month. But, you know, if he can come in and he's going to be somewhat fit, then, uh, I mean, how can you not be excited that he's here? No, I don't think, I don't think, I, I, wa- I want to be clear. I'm not, not excited, but there's a giant Chris uh, Gareth Bale on Tam to LAFC hole in my excitement because Fair. the league has changed. I mean, that, that kind of deal pushes the needle as much as Lorenzo's did, right? In in some ways, even more. Um, you know, this, again, Gareth Bale is such an outlier because of his relationships with his former uh, uh, employers and, and you know, his his outspokenness uh, to, to put to, you know, to make it, to, to put a cute little bow on it. But, but so was Latan, right? Like, is the era, Lorenzo may close the book on the era of overspending on European talent if he's not a giant success, right? Because there are other options for MLS clubs now. So there's a lot of pressure on this guy. And and we're not, you know, we're not bringing in somebody on a, on a TAM deal while we're already atop the Supporter Shield standings. And it's just about maintaining a status quo. This guy is 
you know, here to save the day, basically. Uh, so it's a very different set of circumstances and, and it doesn't allow, there's not a lot of a margin for error here and it's getting smaller and smaller. So, so there is a worry. There is a worry. Fair enough. Again, so then- you know, Nico, Nico says it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the pressure of Insigne from being an MLS is nothing compared to being the captain of Napoli. He's of Napoli. He's used to a ton of pressure. Um, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, a, an elite athlete in any sport has to be used to a ton of pressure, uh, or or they're not going to be elite athletes. How's it going, Sean? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, to, it's all conjecture, right? Like we we need a couple weeks with with the big man on the left wing you know, facing off against the, the Columbuses and the, and the Cincinnati's of the world to see, to see where we're at. Right. Right now we're just guessing. I have a question. Can he practice sure. the club right now? Uh, so in theory he, he could, um, I don't think he's going to, yeah, I don't, I don't think TS, well, he can until at least July the 1st, uh, cause that's when officially the European transfer window over in theory, he may, I think he can train at that point, but he couldn't yeah. actually play until right. after the 7th. Which is so, which is fine, but you'd yeah. think like you'd want to incorporate him within the club environment as soon as possible, right? Um, yeah, you know, just for day to day, just to get into that 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 groove, and so that come you know July 9th, assuming he's healthy, you know, everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he's got to figure out what treadmill is his. You know, he's got to figure out what what you know what his weights are. And, and oh, they, they try, they, this is MLSE rolling out the red carpet for a DP signing. They got that stuff all figured out. Like those players <laughs> got there's labels everywhere that just say Insigne. Like trust me, yeah, they, I, yeah. they got that sorted. Like that stuff is fine. Really, what we're just you, you know he's going to have to sort of get is just get on the pitch with these guys and and sort yeah. of just figure out where he fits in um, or how they fit around him. Uh, is probably the more apt way to say it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. What are speaking of expectations? We kind of got into this discussion, but you know, uh, I'd love to know just w- what do you think? Do you think fans have a realistic expectation of what he's going to be able to bring? Of course not. Club? No way. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, I, okay. You know what? Go ahead. If you're not a hardcore Napoli or Italian national team fan, you not probably not really like. I've only seen highlights. Right. I haven't necessarily seen a 90-minute game of, of him to see what exactly he brings to the table. That's fair. Right? That's and fair. I think that's what a lot of fans probably have seen. Like, again, if you're not a hardcore. Well, there's you- also the disconnect between, you know, attacking players and, and, and defensively-minded players and assist playmakers versus goal scorers in soccer, right? And, and you know, whenever a big signing happens, people automatically assume that it's like a, you know, they, they, they apply the filter of other sports. Well, it's a goal scorer, et cetera, et cetera. But in soccer, there's a lot more specialized positions. You know, you could be a number 10 that doesn't, that doesn't light the world on fire in terms of your goal statistics, but contributes to, to team goals all the time. So, you know... Seba kind of uh, was Seba was interesting because you know as a second forward it, it, prior to TFC he wasn't a huge goal scorer but then he comes to TFC and is a cheat code and and so I think the expectation for Lorenzo is going is going to be the same um, you know and uh, it it may not it may not be the the skill set that that he's put in uh, with respect to, to team play he may be more of a setup man in Bob's eyes than than a finisher. Right. You know, he, he may be 
well, and that I, might disappoint people. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I've watched Lorenzo Insigne for a long time, watching Serie watching the Italian national team. I, I know what he can do on the pitch, and I know sometimes what he also kind of struggles with at times. Um, mm. And I can see a little bit of that in MLS in terms of look, he's look, no one's going to question his skill. That he is maybe the most skillful, one of the most skillful players that will ever step foot on an MLS pitch. Sure. Um, but you know, who's who's one thing that MLS does have is big, physical, fast defenders, uh, and, and they can keep up with him from that perspective. Sure, sure. I think I, I do think a lot of people are obviously going to naturally make the Seba comparison in terms of stature, in terms of what he can do nationality uh, he could, where he likes he, to drink exactly. his espresso yeah exactly exactly, exactly. Right? and yeah. and in theory he could play as a kind of second striker or a striker just below either Jimenez or, or um Io but yeah. uh he is really a winger right he, yep. he is a really a winger that plays on the left and cuts in on his right that's that's kind of what he's good at he can play off you know off his left foot and cross in um so that is you know that's something that he can do he's just he can beat guys one-on-one really easily. I, I guess my concern will be that, well, they ex- because of who he is and because of the reputation that he's yeah. built, people are going to think, well, July 9th, okay, automatic goal machine. Every game, if he's not scoring a brace, what the hell is wrong with him? And, yeah. and that's my concern. I think there needs to be, as you said, Sean, an opportunity for him to bet into the team because – he's going to have to learn how to play off Jesus Jimenez and he's going to have to learn how to play off of uh, Pozuelo that those connections may happen quicker than others, but he's still got to have to take time to learn that. It may take a couple of games for him to really kick off. 100%. 100%. I'm pretty sure he doesn't speak a lick of English right now. Nope. <laughs> so we've got that as a, well, as an I issue. Mean, You're going to have to translate. translate yeah. Right. And, and yeah. but I mean, there's going to be times where you can't, you know, like on the pitch, I mean, Football is football, right? And it's a universal language, thankfully. But there will be a learning curve and a bit of a because of the language barrier. And sure, again, you know, when Bradley's on the opposite end of the pitch as he's being like you, they're going to rely on just the knowledge of the game at that point, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the verbal communication. Yep, yep. And and Frank says something that you know we've sort of danced around, but I think it's important to bring up. He'll be heavily man-marked, just like they did with Seba, right? In a way that he's probably not experienced. Maybe on the Italian national team, you know, playing against uh, minnows or, or forget about the the, the opponent. On, because of his skill set on the Italian national team and as and Marquis, he may be used to that kind of defensive pressure. But this is day in day out with his club side. It, it may be. It may it may threaten you know the silkiness of his game at first. He may there may be a rough adaptation where he has to you know depend on other other tools in his in his belt uh, uh, to get through the the physicality of an MLS caliber defense. Where yeah, I mean, look when he was at Napoli, yeah, sure, maybe at the be- sort of earlier parts of his career when there's a Cavani there, when there's a, a Higuain there, et cetera. Yeah. And Marek Hamšík, right, when they can maybe take some of that off him. But the last couple of years, he's been the guy, right? So he's he's had to face that in Syria, and he's had to face that in European competition as well. So he's not Syria is a pretty violent league too. So I mean, the one big difference is he just has a lot more time on the ball, right? Like, yeah, I think what and that's such an advantage. Like, it is such an advantage for a player like him who wants to take guys on. I think the. I think the advantage to TFC is that he can take people away from other players like a yeah. Jonathan Osorio, 
like a Alejandro Pozuelo, you know, pull people away from a, a Jimenez because you, as a center back, if he comes into your zone, you're going to have to mark him, right? You can't. Yeah, absolutely. Or you're, or you're so, doomed. You're, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he, and and yeah. what you hope is that they start to build that intelligence in that, in that sort of awareness. 100%. Other, so that sometimes he's going to make a run to take a defender out of the way so that Jesus Jimenez can make a run in and score a goal, yeah. right? So yeah, just the soft happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. And then that's, yeah. and that's what you hope will be built over time. But the preface is you need a bit of time, right? It, it, yeah. If it happens right away, great. It will be, that's a rarity, you know, like mm-hmm. even Seba took what three or four games to get his first goal and maybe he did. a month before he really started going. And then, and then the it was summer just, came and then he went nuts, right? Wow. Yeah. 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 Right. So it took, yeah. it even took Seba at least a month to kind of mm-hmm. get his, get his footing um, in the league. Uh, but and that's kind of what I expect also for Lorenzo as well. I think that's a fair assessment. You give you give him. I mean, he's he, what he, he's he's going to suit up for the first time mid July. Is that is that the ninth is the hope? The ninth, yeah, is the ninth the is the hope. So you know, by August 9th, uh, you know, if he's not lighting the league on fire, let's ship him back. Get some yeah, get, look, get a refund. We'll we'll have a segment <laughs> one. What the hell is wrong with Lorenzo and Senior? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, let, let's sort of take away from the, the football numbers, but just because we haven't seen him play with TFC, uh, so the mm-hmm. football stuff we're just sort of speculating on. But like, let's talk about this in terms of his signing and his arrival at the TFC as a whole, right? In sure. terms of fandom, in terms of club profile, things like that. I think for us who have been in the TFC bubble, we all kind of know that the club, from a buzz perspective, has taken a hit during the pandemic, right? For sure. Like even even going into 2019 on that run all the way to the cup final, like the the buzz was there amongst those who know, but those who didn't know were like, "What? They're in a cup final?" Um, yeah, because 2018, of course. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. everybody jumped off the bus after that. You know, so um, what do we think this is going to do for the club as a whole in terms of sort of bringing that notoriety back, both in Toronto and outlying regions as well, in terms of bringing them into BMO Field and sort of just building back sort of the the vibe around the club outside of basically the people who are all listening to this and watching this podcast right now. Sean. Um, I think it's going to, I mean, you're going to get a natural bump in, in, for example, attendance, right? You know, that's just a given. Um, I, for me, it'll be interesting to see if like, you know, some of the other sports media kind of jumps on board and starts to really push, you know, the TFC narrative, right? Because Mm -hmm. when TFC was hot, you could not like they were everywhere, right? Yep. All every sports broadcast was talking about every segment on the radio, you know, on the sports radio, they were talking. Toronto TFC was hot, like they mm-hmm. really like. I mean, you had at that time the Raptors were hot, we were hot, so you actually had probably two of the most up and coming sports basically up there in the you know, when it came to not just on the uh, local stage. Like everybody was talking about our clubs, right? So, mm-hmm. in many ways, there will be a big hype, you know, once they can start talking about him and once they can really push and push, you know, his, whether it be highlight reels, whatever it is they can do to really kind of get that casual or even, you know, those former, you know, fans who kind of jumped off to try to win them back. And I think you will see an increase. Um, but I think we need to, again, like, the hardcores, the ones who've, who've stuck by it, we all know, all right, he's going to be a buzz. There's going to be a change. But at the same time, it's not going to automatically win us the cup. 
So I think you're going to yeah. have a bit of it's going to be a balance when it comes to the the hype and the expectations, um, but it can only be positive. I, I agree as, with as you. Overall, can only be a good thing. Can only be a good thing. And there's a few there's a few comments I want to get through, but let me get on my on my soapbox first because this is something that drives me crazy about marketing this this idea that you can you can do winning is going to bring butts and seats full stop right like you can advertise your new players you can you can talk about the great new sandwich you have at the concourse but the old the thing that moves the needle is winning casual fans want to see a winning team and that is not a knock against casual fans it's just like you can't debate that away you know oh well we signed lorenzo insigne so you know we're gonna get this and that and this no you have to win it's it's a simple equation so regard you know we can we can talk about this endlessly and 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 there will be a bump i think i think uh july 9th like ravi says is going to be packed uh yeah, and i do think yeah, i'm pretty sure yeah, it's a yeah i think i, I think mean, it's going to be absolutely teams. we're playing san jose like that's what's even hilarious like how hard it was. i had to get standing room only tickets for that game yeah yeah i think it. it'll be ram because because toronto loves waiting in lines for 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 pop-up stuff right you know oh in and out burgers here i must have it um but that's unsustainable what is sustainable is winning a winning culture a winning team that's what gets butts in seats it full stop no way fans are butts about it so you know will there be a positive momentum absolutely will it dissipate if it doesn't turn into wins and a climb up the table one million percent and there's and there's not there's there's really no no counter to that so so you know um hopefully we start winning because it 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 again there there is no substitute no absolutely and if i had a bell here i'd be ringing it like crazy yeah 100 percent right it's it's building a winning culture right now. And, and, and part of this, uh, you know, from a, from a signing perspective, Bill Manning has made this comment before. It's about, you're trying to bring winners into the locker room, you, yep. you know, and yep. Insigne, you know, you're trying to bring in a Crescito, you're trying to bring in other players um, in this window that are senior players that are experienced and have, have done things um, in their careers to then impart them into the younger players. There's sort of a question um, that was asked that, I don't think I put in here uh, for this mm-hmm. week, but I will kind of just highlight it. And I'm sorry, I forgot the person that um, that tweeted it at me. It was but, me. No, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> no, but just, just in terms of like, you know, the idea of, you know, will this take away from the young players, right? Bringing in all these senior players now in the window, will, will young players suffer? And I think y- y- from a playing perspective, from a minutes perspective. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Of right, course. but from a from a growing them as a footballer perspective, I can't think this unless you're bringing in crappy people again. Which, if you mm. do that again, then you really have to have a serious question about you know decision making um, and sure. scouting um, at TFC. But from all indications, you know the guys they're bringing in are top class professionals, uh, yep. and bringing those people in around those young guys is only going to help them from a just learning how to be a better professional, right? 100%. Before we talk about skills and and getting better from that perspective, being a better professional in a lot of ways can take you a long way in your career. You know, a a perfect example of that is somebody that I know TFC are missing desperately in the midfield. It's Marky Delgado, right? Mm -hmm. Or Mark Delgado. I will never get used to saying Mark Delgado. Marco. Yeah, I know, exactly. (laughs) But 
the fact that when he came to TFC, he was an 18 year old that we got from like the Chivas death day draft. Um, <laughs> and, and, and like, but he was surrounded, he ended up eventually being surrounded by great vets who brought him up to a point where now he's on a, he's a integral part of a treble winning midfield that you can't mm-hmm. drop. And that when you lose him, eventually you just don't look like the same team. Uh, and, and that's what you, I hope, uh, for some of these players, and, and one of those players we'll get to in the three burning questions perspective, is I can see a similar path for this particular sure. player. Uh, my notes on Mar and listen, nobody nobody appreciates the middle flipper more than I do. I'm I'm responsible for our award, the Marky Delgado <laughs> Award for for TFC's most underrated player season by season. But you know, I think Marky was a casualty in the same way that Paws might be. Bob is a systems guy. And, and, and there's not enough space in his midfield for a Marky Delgado kind of player. And that, you know, coupled with whatever other interpersonal stuff was going on or his desire to get that bag in Los Angeles or he missed Greg Vanny, you know, desperately, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it, we have to be careful that we're not lamenting a team that no longer exists before. Like, is there a space for Marky on TFC 2022? I'm not so sure. Do I miss Markey and TFC 2015 to, you know, 2019, 2020? Absolutely. But I'm not, I'm not sure that he's the answer for, for our team moving forward, you know, but it, like in terms of the player profile, somebody that puts his head down, does the work is unflashy, unspectacular, but is a really important necessary cog in the machine that you don't, you aren't paying a ton of allocation money for. Absolutely. You miss that sort of thing. And that's yeah. what you hope to build by bringing those senior players like yeah. Lorenzo Insigne into this team and teaching them how to be those type of players. You Absolutely. You a really great transition note. So points to you, Mr. Nesker. Moving that's on what I did. Uh, into, into sort of our next segment, just talking about uh, Bradley at the wheel. You know, we're 16 games into the Bob Bradley era. Just how and generally how are we feeling about, you know, how he's done so far? It's not quite halfway. We're almost halfway um, through the season, but you know, how are we feeling about the job that he's doing um, as manager so far? I'll leave it very broad and open-ended that way um, and, and go from there. Sean, what do you think? Um, I mean, I definitely was hyping him up earlier in the season thinking, you know, oh, giving him like I, on our tunnel club, I'm pretty much sure I gave him a, a high grade. You um, did. Which I've, I've since, you know, tempered that. Um, and it's not that he's done a poor job. It's just, it's what he has to work with, right? Like you've got, whether it be injuries, players playing out of positions, and then I'm not going to rehash all the things that we've touched on throughout the season, but sure. you know, it's been like, when you see, once I guess the players have finally seemed to have bought into what he's trying to get them to the style of play, how he, you know, with the high press, more of a possession oriented um, club, you see that he's got the right idea and you can at least give him that, that benefit. Like, you know, it's for certain aspects, you know, he maybe got it wrong when it came to the goalies. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um, But, but you're at least believing that, you know what, he's willing to, to, to twink, uh, tinker on things. He's not stuck in his ways and only like, all right, no matter what bonus has got, no, he realizes that, Sometimes you do need to make changes. Sometimes some guys need to get benched. So some guys need that little kick in the butt. He he mm. he's getting it right. 
I just think, you know, I, I definitely gave him a higher grade, which giving great coaches or even players any kind of grade throughout the season is probably the worst thing you can ever do. Cause yeah, Ravi agrees right? with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? We love yep. them pass fails in school. We love right. those pass mm-hmm. fails in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Participation you know medals. I, yeah, I, I like the way the club's going. I like the direction. So I believe in it. I'm going to continue to to see this out. Yeah, I think there, you know, as much as as much as we talked about how brutal the offseason was, there was still a lot of fat to be trimmed. You know, Alex Alex Bono, forget about the person, forget about the skills. A five hundred thousand plus contract for a goalkeeper that's not your that's not your locked in starter is going to give the suits in that organization hives, right? So you're going to get a lot of memos. Why aren't you playing this guy? You know, he's got to put him in the shop window, got to do something with, with this sort of thing. So I think he's navigated that on we pretty well, you know, the, the, his desire to play the kids with, with the looming Lorenzo influx, the, you know, the, the, the sort of bad contracts or, or, or kind of leftover bits of badness. And, and I don't want to tag, this stuff is bad, but but I think he's done a decent job navigating that. And if you look again, small sample size, but this is sort of where we expected to be at around this point. You know what I mean? We were getting I was sweating the regression because I was seeing players, especially the kids, doing things out there that were like anti-soccer. It was it, it was totally illogical. It was like left to their own devices. They just went crazy. I, I mean, I remember way back in the day. Uh, before, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it was even before TFC was a going concern. But the thing that I used to scream about with MLS games is like, you would watch it and there would be these great buildups and then they'd get into the box and they'd all just panic. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to shoot. Like, what, what do I do now? So you'd like, it would be like this back and forth, you know, uh, track meet, but then they'd get into good spots in the box and just fall apart. And I was seeing that all over the field, you know, uh, you know, Jaden under pressure could, wouldn't make an outlet pass. He would try to dribble his way out of three defenders. And, and who does that? You know what I mean? Like, the, like you don't even do that on the, on the kitty pitch. So it, it just, it felt to me like, like massive regression. And now I'm not seeing that anymore. I'm seeing an adherence to systems. I'm seeing more of a tendency to, to, uh, incorporate with other players so it, you know there, there's a positivity there absolutely um i i would give him i would give him the same letter grade i gave him on the tunnel club i think it's it's worth an a i mean there was a lot of rot in this club and and i don't think we're privy to even 50 percent of those details uh a lot to chew through uh, you know an institutional way so you know let's go let's go yeah. man yeah, um, look, it's a pass right now. Uh, you know, I think he did stumble a bit. Uh, let's be real. I think he he did stumble a bit after sort of the, the start of the season. Um, you know, I think those first couple of games you, you give him up, you just, you, there's no letter grade, right? Obviously, he's yeah. working with such yeah. a new team. But as the things progress, I think he did stumble a bit. I think he was trying to find that right connection. And look, he injuries also played a big part of that right we have to and, also and i have a point i have a point on this because you can't a lot of these injuries may be and i i remember an article i think it was one of mike singh's articles where the players said so much and they said it is this new training like it is a totally different system so we're getting a lot of soft tissue injuries i, I think even bob uh raised his hand and, and took some flack for that and said look mm-hmm. that's gonna happen i mean we're, we're we're targeting different muscle groups these guys are doing things that they don't normally do so they may be putting more pressure on their pivot foot or whatever the case may be that does fall under his purview unfortunately so that you know again 
these are part of the growing pains, right? Absolutely. But I, I think what I've been impressed with him more than anything is the progression of the young players. You say regression, yeah. Jeff. I actually don't see that in those You players. know, and, and that's nothing, fair. I have seen nothing pretty much aside from maybe Noble Akello, and that's, again, Oh, wow. No, I, I've seen a, I've seen a wave. I it's a, seen but it's injury. Uh, to me, it's injury yeah. prone. Everyone else, generally speaking, I have seen an upward trajectory. Now, some upward trajectories are like this, yeah, and some yeah. are like this. Right, so right. There, there are varying levels of that. But I think, and I'm saying like this because if you're listening on podcast, you can't see my hands. But yeah, yeah. Basically there's he, like it's a, a 25 degree and angle and a, and, a, and almost a 90 degree angle for, for exactly. you geometry so, nerds out there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but basically, yeah. the the point being is that all of these young players have progressed. Yes, they have made mistakes in matches, but I think you know we've beaten that point to death in terms sure. of you know we're going to have to live with that. But I think what we're seeing um, from these young players is that they are progressing. They are getting better. The way that they're playing and seeing the game is getting quicker. And 100%. that is the biggest hurdle. It's been said by a lot of players uh, that you talk to. That is the biggest hurdle is just getting yeah. used to the speed of the senior game uh, and the speed of thought, not just the physical speed, but the yeah, speed yeah. of thought. Your decision um, making has to be. Between your yeah. brain and your feet. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that is slowly improving amongst those players. And to me, that is, if you get anything out of this season, look, if they get to the playoffs, great. If they make a cup run, amazing. If they don't happen to do either of those things, I will still consider his first season a success. If we get Jaden Nelson and, and Preso and we get Jaquiel Marshall ready and we get Kosey Thompson, who these, and Luca Petrasso, Two of those players weren't even in the conversation of getting yeah. into the first team prior right. to preseason. If they are now become key parts of an 18, they may not start every game next season, but they become key parts of an 18. To me, success. Mm -hmm. I, I I think that that's very measured and well-adjusted take, Mike, which is something we don't do very often. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> but if they don't make the playoffs, then I still will be upset. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like yeah. I, like I, yeah, I want yeah. this team to win everything under the sun. That is that is the t Toronto FC that it's has understood. been Yeah. But I do also see another part of this picture where we are trying to build essentially a new core from within, uh, which this club has never done before. TFC I think it's going to yeah. and it will be really interesting to see, you know, when these young kids take a back seat, do they keep up with this or do, or did they not get enough time the on step. the pitch yeah. to build those habits, right? Like if Jaden Nelson has to take a back seat because Lorenzo's got his spot and the only play, the only place he can be in is on the left wing, right? In, in, a, in Bob Bradley's ideal world, depending on the new arrivals. You know, two months in, are we going to see this Jaden Nelson or are we going to see the Jaden Nelson of two months ago? And that's bad because we can't start all these guys. And if that's what they need to, to keep at this clip, to keep at this form, we got a massive problem on our hands because there's just not enough room for everybody. No, right? that's true. That's true. And, and, and that will be the next sort of phase of Bob sort of coaching these young players is, OK, you're not playing match in, match out anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. are you are you still progressing? Are you still using training to get better every day? That mm -hmm. is that's going to be the next step uh, in terms of sort of providing him a complete letter grade at the end of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yep. Here's a question for you guys in terms of Bob. Let's shift from the young players. because We spent a lot of time sure. on the young players. Um, let's talk about the senior players on this team. 
the guys who should be the leaders and should be carrying the team. Has Bob Bradley gotten enough out of those guys? Outside of them, sure. being, some of them being injured half the time. Mavingo's, mm. Mavingo's been injured. What he's played two whole two and a half games now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oso's played three or four, maybe. Right, you know, like Jonathan Soros, a key integral part of this team. And I don't think 100%. there's any issues. You know, I don't think Bob even will have any issues with what he brings to the table when healthy. Um. You know, even Michael, like Michael seems to like just have, I don't know, he rarely gets injured. And when he is, he's not out for a long period of time, you know, so he's a workhorse. You know, a lot of fans, you know, we've even given him some flack at some points of the season, but, you know, he's going to give it 110% every game. Always. He's always, you know, so when it comes to the senior, like outside of, you know, those guys, like a lot of the so-called senior guys, are also new guys to the to the club, right? Outside of maybe pause, like because you're talking about like a lot of a lot of the other guys, Jimenez, um, Salcedo. These are like they're vets, new guys. Yeah, they're new they guys. are new guys, but they do also come in with some leadership. Credit. Yes, they're sure. Coming yes. in after some change, right? Like, but but I mean, this is at the same time. You can almost say this is Michael and Jonathan's team. Gotcha. Right? Based on how long both of them have been with the club. They've seen, you know, these young kids have literally from they were with the academy, they've known those two has been integral parts of the senior team. You know, Chris Mavinga's been there, what, a good I don't even know how long has it been. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like outside of that, you know, they got we got rid of all our veteran leadership. Yep. Right. So yeah, no doubt Jimenez, um Salcedo. Uh, even O'Neill, those are, those guys are vocal veteran footballers, but they're yeah. still new to the club. They're not just going to walk in there and command like, "All right, this is how we're." You know, they they also understand you got to you know get like everyone's got to you know get comfortable amongst each other, right? And like I said, Saturday was the first time I've noticed in Salcedo how vocal the player he can be. Right, you hadn't really noticed that amongst the defenders all season long. So finally, nope. there's a there's something that's happening amongst them, and it can't be just on the pitch. It has to be something outside that they're finally, whether it be gelling, connecting, you know, maybe you know, I don't. Again, we don't know what's always goes on behind the scenes, but there's something right that seems to, they all seem to be connecting together. Yeah, my 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 answer is incumbent on on the last game exclusively. I think we're starting to see it. Like Justin says, uh, you can't you can't give a pass when we're still trying to figure out Pozuelo's role on the pitch, in the locker room, uh, in the team shape. Um, so my answer has to be no. And we've also got a breaking update from Yvonne. There is a YouTube link. The press conference is at four thirty. So you have you have a half an hour to crack a beer after we finish. And okay. then you can watch uh, you can watch Lorenzo and his translator talking okay. about how great that, the, that was. Uh, a nice way of Yvonne saying, "Hurry this, hurry this." <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Go ahead. Continue your point, Jeff. That was my point. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, again, it, it, it's difficult because, like like Sean said, it's been such a changeover, um, and you know the senior players maybe are just now rounding into some kind of understanding, but I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't give him a passing grade on that because you, you're, there's just, just too much, uh, too much going on with the senior, the senior guys on the squad. 
No, and that's, I think that's fair. Um, uh, for me personally, look, uh, when I talk about the senior players, yeah, sure, of course, Shane O'Neill, Carlos Salcedo, Jesus Jimenez, right? Yep, Those, yep. Even to a certain extent, like a Lucas McNaught. Like, Lucas McNaughton's not a kid, right? Like, he's, 20, no, he's, he's 26 not. and he's won, a, he's won a league title before. Yeah. So, um, you know, from that perspective, you know, you you hope that those players can can lead. And I'm not talking necessarily that they need to lead by a rah-rah example, right? Like a lot of those guys lead by being professionals on the pitch and yep. showing up every day. That was a problem with the Soteldo, right? Like and mm-hmm. some of the guys that they jettisoned last year. So uh, my thing is that uh, are you getting enough out of the guys you expect to get enough out of? The Michael Bradleys, the Jonathan Osorios, the, the Pozuelos, the people that you know are going to be key in your team Chris Mavinga, you can throw Mavinga in there as well. Even your sure. goalkeepers, right? I would. Um, and absolutely. right now, and right now, it's it's borderline. No, I, I yeah. think you're seeing um, a bit more of a stand, especially from uh, Jonathan Osorio carries a lot of that. I think Michael Bradley has actually in the last month played a hell of a lot better than he played at the beginning of the season. I, I yep. know a lot of people, and I'm one of those that do not believe he needs to be a starter every single match. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. um, And we will get to that in the burning question, because that was something a lot of people ask questions about. But, you know, for me, there there are still things that he does that no one else on the team can do. Right. Like he pinged a couple of balls on Saturday that no one else can hit. Otherworldly. No one else can hit. Right. Like there was one that almost sent Io clear on goal. And he pinged that from maybe 10 yards outside of the opposing 18. You know, yep. so so those kind of things you can't replace. And I think he's actually played a lot better than a lot of people wish to say that he has. Agreed. Uh, and 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 that is in that you have to give uh, a check mark to, to Bob Bradley about because I think he has also understood that he really does need to play as a deep line player. He cannot really be pushing as high as he was at the beginning of last year and as he, as he has in the past. I think what's hurt is that at times he's had to be isolated because the person that's ideal to play beside him right now is Jonathan Osorio and he's just not yep. fit. Um, yep, yep. So, so again, when I say kind of fail, it's only just simply because some injuries have presented the best version of those seniors to, to be able to play. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go to the last point here for this segment is just, are we going to trust the process? You know, and, and sort of have to. I, I know, I know, people hate that term now. It's kind of overused um, to a certain extent, but I think it does really apply uh, to yep. this year's version of Toronto FC. Uh, Sean, are you trusting the process? You have to. You have like you have to. Like, why would we change again? Even in the off season, why would we look to bring say, all right, you know what? Maybe this didn't work. Let's bring in some, a new coach or go in a new direct like. How are we ever going to really get to the end point if we don't allow the process to, to play? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, was was Klopp successful at Liverpool right out right off the hop? Yep. Was Pep at Man City? Absolutely. Was Fergie at Man United? I mean, decades ago, absolutely not. That you buy the ticket, you take the ride. We're, we 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 have hitched our wagon to Bob Bradley's wagon <laughs> to, to the to the you know we, we are card carrying members of the church of bob bradley and we got to see this through for better or worse warts yeah. and all all right yeah. well we're on the bob bradley ride all hands inside the cart um as we ride on through to the second half of the season um okay guys let's take a quick look uh into uh to wednesday night's match 
against Columbus. To me, a six-pointer, right? Like this is, this is a Oh, easy. That, easy you know, we're six tied, we're, Yeah, we're tied on yeah. points with them. They're just below us technically in the standings. I think it's just mm-hmm. because we've played a game more than they have. Um, yep. But, you know, this is a team that right now they're kind of up and down. They're kind of like us right now, which is what I would not have expected from this team this year. I thought they were kind of going to load up and – it's a Bezbachenko team, right? They're going to yeah, spend money. but I mean, last year they 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 you know the bed as well. Yeah. So so it, it it's been an ongoing issue with with CBUS and and they're uh, they're they're definitely punching under their weight. Uh, uh, they're definitely you know dis, a disappointment in terms of in terms of the roster that they've built uh, versus performances. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, look, this is a team that's also missing a lot of players. They kind of had the same injury issues we've had. Zellerion mm-hmm. isn't playing. And remember, he killed us in the first game this year. Oh, my uh, God. So, <laughs> so I don't know. If he may. He, I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to be back Wednesday. Um, but mm-hmm. they are missing some other players as well. They're starting to slowly get some players back. But they drew nil-nil against RSL uh, on the weekend. Uh, so right now they're playing sort of a combination of some vets like they're Alting Nagby and Jonathan Mensa, but they're also playing a lot of kids like Aiden Morris. Yeah, and, a lot of kids, yeah. A lot yeah. of kids as well. So they're kind of in almost in the same boat we're in. Um, and they just signed, um, you know, a $10 million man. Uh, Cucho, I think it is Cucho or Cucho. That's no, his name, Cucho um, Hernandez, yeah. Cucho Hernandez Cucho. From, uh, from Watford. Um, so we'll, we'll see what he does, uh, you know, when he gets here, but he can't play on Wednesday. Yep. But guys, what are you sort of looking for on Wednesday night to try to take this to two straight league wins? A win. Another cider and a glass of ice, baby. That's all <laughs> I care about. Cider and a glass of ice in my seat at the South End. No, I think uh I think it's gonna be a fun it's a yeah, it's a home game, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I have my tickets. Uh I think I think it'll be a fun match. Uh I, I wanna see uh I wanna see more of the same from the team. Um, you know, as you said in the rundown, press will be key again. This is another team that we can press into oblivion. So it's kind of a, a great opponent to have off the back of these two matches. Um, and again, we're, we're quite evenly stacked. It'll be kid against kid in a lot of key areas. So it could be a good opportunity for our for our youth squad to show all these new tricks and this new and this new confidence and shore up that new confidence moving into the real business end of the season. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's a must win. Um, I do think though, we may see some play rotation, right? With having hmm. it on Saturday, having game this Wednesday, and then again, another game on Saturday, you know, do you want to keep riding players who are just coming back from injury? Probably not. Who's left, man? Like who, right. who do we have? I know, but you, you may like, I can see maybe them not starting Mavinga, giving him a chance to rest for the weekend. You know, you, you don't want to push, like we can't afford him to go down again. No. Right. No, no, so, no. Whether it be Shane O'Neill or McNaughton getting a, a, a run out there. Um, you know, we see Chung is back healthy. Yeah. We have to allow the guys who are just coming back, not too much time. And we don't, I just don't want to see anyone get hurt. I don't want to yeah, see Ozo go fair. I don't want to see fair Ozo point. Go you know, maybe, maybe finally give Jaquil a start, see if he is 100%, right? Um, but that's what I would do is, is a little player rotation, but, you know, you know, we know who's going to be up front. It's probably going to be yep. Jimenez and um, Akinola. Which we haven't I mean, discussed uh, the, the two up front, which is very anti-Bob situation. But, no, uh, but it's working. Yeah, it's working. The part, it's been, you know, at least in the last two games. Um, you know, Paz has been – he'll probably get that start unless he's injured. Like, so – 
the areas where you have a few guys come back from injury, maybe rest them, give them a little, yep. or at least maybe only give them a half. Um, but I could see some player rotation coming in this week. That yeah, would be I, the I, only thing. Yeah, That's I would fair. think it would be pay, player rotation for Wednesday, um, for sure. I, I don't think yeah. you see Oso start. I think the, you give you give Ralph Preso another run out. You're like, great goal, came in, gave us 30 solid minutes uh, mm-hmm. on, on the weekend. All right, here's your reward. Go start against Columbus, right? Yeah, I can yep. see Shane O'Neill slotting back in um, into, into center back potentially. Um, yeah, it would be great to maybe see Caden Chung get a start. Um, yep. You know, uh, there's a question about that right back position and three burning questions. So I don't want to go into that too much mm-hmm. uh, before we get there. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see some rotation. Maybe one of the forward sits and they only play one up top uh, this time around. Uh, maybe. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see who, who gets to start. But definitely some player rotation uh, for TFC, especially because I think they I think Bob would see Seattle as a yardstick game. You know, yep. we play Seattle on Saturday at home. Um, you know, let's use that as a yardstick game to see where we are in terms of the top teams in the league. Last time we really yep. had to take on a, a top team in the league, um, it was New York, and we shipped five goals, uh, yep. you know, really quick. So uh, <laughs> l- let's see where we are at at this point in terms of some of the top teams in, in MLS. Um, so let's close it out uh, this week, guys, with these three burning uh, – oh, actually, before I do that, I am going to ask for uh, a score prediction. I know people hate it. Um, but I am going to ask you guys for a score prediction. Uh, I'm just so, gonna I'm gonna do the 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 real Sask TFC fan special, which I do on our WTR prediction league. Two one TFC, as uh, always. Okay, another two one. All right, hey, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Sean, what do we got? I think we're gonna finally break our league um, shutout streak. Ooh. So I'm gonna say two two nil. Two nil. Wow. Okay. Okay. He goes two nil. Um, I'm going to take a good old fashioned. I, I actually could actually end up seeing this being a draw. Um, so I, I am going to take a one one draw. Uh, and, and that's simply this down to the fact that I just don't believe there's going to be a clean sheet on Wednesday because this team can't do clean sheets at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so, we did one last Wednesday. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Clean, very true. Wednesday. Wednesday is is hump day slash clean sheet day. day. Clean TFC. sheet day. Uh, that's that's what TFC does. The <laughs> wait, wait. How can you have a hump day and a clean sheet? <laughs> that's what you have yeah. the uh, washer and dryer mm. in the unit um, <laughs> all right let's go on to three mm. burning questions of the week mm. from tfc hashtag tfc live thank you guys for submitting these um you know keep on submitting them either to myself or preferably to the uh at toronto till i die uh twitter handle We'll try to read them out each week. So I will get started with the first one. Uh, this one yeah. was asked by at uh, JM Bevington. Uh, so thank you, sir, for the uh, question. Uh, I kind of shortened it a little bit, but and, and a couple of people also asked this question. So I'm amalgamating it a bit. Yes. With Jaquil Marshall Ruddy getting minutes again and being healthy, do you think he'll step back into that starting right back role? Or will he or will Kosi keep that role? Um, because he has been playing pretty well at that right back position. So love to get your thoughts on that. Jeff, I'll start with you. Um, I know how hot you are on, on Kosi. I know, I know how, how high you rate him. Um, does putting JMR in the right back role achieve the goal of shop windowing him for his eventual big ticket move to Liverpool or not? I don't think so. Uh, although, no, 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 no. I'm going to take that back. I remember now that they see him as a fullback 
And, and when he was in training, a lot of the scouts saw him as a converted attacking fullback. So that might be the, that might be, that might be the deciding factor. I mean, they want to move this guy while, while the ink, you know, while, while the desire is still hot to move him. So getting him out there, trotting him out, shop windowing him may, may take priority. Um, but you can't deny that Kosi playing out of position right now is playing lights out. Uh, and in a, and in a fair and perfect world, that's his position to lose. Uh, but it's not a fair and perfect world. And, and, you know, Kosi may have to deal with the fact that he may have to step back, let JMR uh, show his wares, and then, you know, get that move that he wants and open up the space for Kosi. Well, I mean, you... I was actually surprised that they put him on... When they did bring Jam, um, Jaquiel on, on on Saturday, they put him on the left side versus mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. That makes me wonder is, is are they just... You know, really believing in what Kosi's doing on the right side. That, that it's a very strong suggestion of yes. Because if anything, the left side we've seen, whether it be uh, Schaffelberg or even Petrasso, struggle more so than Kosi has struggled on the right side. Mind sure. you, all of them are playing out of position. But mm-hmm. maybe they see this as a potential of, let's see what Jaquil can do on the left as a left wing back versus only as a right wing back. That's, and, that's very, very fair. And, I mean, you could always put Kosi back to his natural position as that right midfielder on the wing. How? <laughs> oh, we have our midfielders. Yeah, remember, remember he actually <laughs> plays there, actually? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I, like Wednesday night, I, you know, I would, if, if you know, it's worth play Kosi at right and, and, and give uh, JMR a chance to push up and play at the wing, right? I, I think it doesn't hurt to try that. Um, I think it you, might. I actually think it might. When when you're dealing with these with like these sponge brains, and you're like, okay, play here, learn that position. Yeah. All right, here's a treat. We're going to put you back to where you belong. And then you're like, oh, this feels great. And then they put you back to the new other position, and you're making those same mistakes again. I, I mean, again, not a coach, not a professional athlete, but to me, it seems too heavy a risk to keep moving these pieces. Uh, you know, when they haven't established any any anything again, you know. Just maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I, I see, you know, the, the flexibility and the tactical flexibility that you have when you have players that now are sort of understanding different positions and where to That's, play. That is a great counterpoint. Right. That and is a it, wonderful it, counterpoint. It gives you some of that flexibility, right? If you want to change things around, maybe you want to give pause a seat. Cozy Thompson can play as a 10, not, and not saying that he can always play as a 10. It's not his, sure. necessarily his best position, but he has played that in the academy, right? So absolutely, that, that, is, that is a possibility. And either, either whether you put JMR at right, at right wing back, or you slot in Caden Chung and play a more traditional back four and push JMR up to the right wing, you have those opportunities to do that. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that gives you some tactical flexibility going forward when you do have to make these changes because there will be a lot of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday as the season is a bit condensed, trying to end it yeah. Uh, yeah. earlier. Than Justin, normal. Justin has got Justin said exactly what I was thinking, but not even pause gets to play as a ten. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, cozy, go, go do go do your favorite thing. Yeah. I, if I'm pause, I'm I'm throwing daggers through the through yeah. The, no, just go what wander. do I got to do here, guys? Yeah, like just, seriously, yeah, just go yeah, wander. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. uh, burning question number two uh this comes in uh from two uh people so i have again amalgamated questions here yeah thank you um 
uh, Nug uh, 485, I know who this is, um, and mm-hmm. Suresh CFC, who's clearly a Chelsea supporter. Um, just uh, when is Reckett Ralph Preso going to get a serious shot as our new starting number six? Um, Not this so year. This is amalgamation of a couple of questions just in regards to, you know, should it be time for Michael Bradley to sit down and give Ralph Preso uh, a start? I'll let you guys go uh, first. It's not so happening this season. Start. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah no. Yeah. It, it's we all love Priscilla, but like I said, he's coming back from a major injury, and one of the main reasons I've said I've said it before, like we all uh, probably agree, Michael Bradley does not need to start every game, but until we have some, a legitimate option to choose over him, who like Ralph is. is we've seen bits and pieces of him from last season. We've seen moments of brilliance out of him but we haven't seen a consistent 90 minutes out of him. And before we put him as that number six, I want to see, you know, two or three games of consistency. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, all the young kids have to earn it. We don't just, no one is just automatically going to get it. And there's been nobody. Especially that number six position. Like, uh, yeah. Like, so truthfully, there's been no one for me that is ready to take, to start over Michael Bradley, even though I want Nobody. someone to, I just don't think we have anybody in the pipeline right now. And yeah, that's yeah, no not that's not knock Ralph, not knock Nobel, but neither of them are ready to be a, a week in week out starter. One hundred percent. Okay, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, I, I will agree. Right now, sorry, our best six is still Michael Bradley. Yep. That that's just the reality of things. Is Ralph Preso working his way to becoming that type of player, By or is he becoming like a, a like an eight, like a real like a Marky Delgado kind of eight? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he's one hundred percent getting there. He ain't there yet. He yeah. scored a he's fantastic not. goal on Saturday. It was, was lovely. Banger. It was lovely. Yeah, was banger. But like that one goal does not make you starter. Um, so yeah. so from that perspective, uh, you know maybe that's a twenty twenty three question. Uh, but I understand where it comes from um, because I think we've all had that conversation yep. um, over the past year or so. And okay. we don't want to see that happen. It's not like and we do like, want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to see no, that. We don't want people to think happen. we're not fans you, of Ralph Rizzo. We all want to see. Like we, see, you, you know, he's got talent. But he's yeah, not. you want. I mean, Michael Bradley is what thirty six years old, thirty five years old. Yeah. You want to know that there's somebody in the wings that's going to at least capably deputize for the, the beating heart of the club that we love. I think that's a fair question, but, and I, and I think people are right when they talk about, you know, well, what happens because we seem to be all cruising towards this, this finite situation where his, where Michael Bradley's legs fall off and there's nobody there to, to, to be there for him. So I think it's fair to consistently stress as fans of the club, you know, what is our plan for this eventuality? But right now, it's pretty clear that nobody is taking that spot from Michael Bradley. And it's based on skill at this point. It's and not based on favoritism. They're not as good as he is. It's it's simple as that, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I'll leave on this point before we go to the, the final question. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Frazier was supposed to be that guy. Yep. And Michael Bradley beat him out. Yep. He outweighed him to the point where he just had to leave. Right. So mm-hmm. do not expect Michael Bradley to just be handing that over. Rolly, over it's not happening. It's, it's not, not happening. happening. It is no. not happening, right? So, uh, you know, it, when Michael Bradley will stop playing the six when Michael Bradley decides to stop playing the six. Exactly. One thing I can actually say is compared to the past, we can actually see a more likely change in the guard. True. You know, we, I, I agree. 
as from a fan perspective, we all wanted to see Liam Frazier get that chance or basically take it from him, but it didn't mm-hmm. happen, right? It was, I mean, the, the, die, the die was stacked. Nobody's taking that position away. I mean, look at who the coach slash sporting director is, right? Like, it's just, it's just not happening. But, uh, but I'm not, you I'm know, not going with that nepotism. That nepotism. no, no. I'm I, I, again, again. This is based on skill. But I will say this: I agree with you, Sean. In Preso, you have a kind of hybrid six-eight. If Noble Okello can figure his feet out with that size, I mean, that's such a, a threat as as another six-eight kind of hybrid. The the you know, the, there's a lot of promise there. There's a lot of potential there. So so. And they're both very different players than than Michael Bradley, which you know, if, if you're trying to do a change in the guard, you you probably are now looking at a different skill set, right? Like they're that that kind of number six is a, is a dying breed, I think, in in world football as well. Fair enough. Uh, last point of that, I think Noble Kello um, in the future should be a ball playing center back. That I'm leave wow. Uh, wow, that's, that's where I think he might actually best. Start. I but, want, I want that monster in the midfield, man. I want, I want like the the oh man, no, that, you have a monster like that back there who can pass the way he can pass. But anyway, true. not a coach, not a player. True, so my word does not matter. All right, third and final burning question of the week: Does Jeffrey P. Nesker owe the kids an apology after writing them off as not good enough last week on the prod? That comes from at Russian Bot. 3004. Now, Jeffrey, the floor is yours. I am pretty sure I've just spent an hour and 12 minutes apologizing to the kids. So I, I think that, that yes, yes, I do. Um, but hot takes, you know, are my, are my stock and trade guys. That's what I'm here for. I'm the clown prince of chaos. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I owe them an apology, but I'm going to keep lighting it. You know, hopefully they listen and maybe in some small, I played some small part in the motivation to, to get their, S together, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it. Wear um, that badge, wear that badge. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that badge with pride. Um, you know, absolutely. Do I deserve a sock in the kisser for some of my hot takes? Absolutely, sometimes. And and this might be one of those examples. But uh, but yeah, yeah, no. It this has been a great week for the for the club that we love, and and uh, I, it would it would be stupid of me to not say absolutely. Let's let's apologize and give out candies and lollipops. All right, well, there you go. Uh, so for all the young players that are listening uh, from Toronto FC, you have gotten your apology. Uh, take it and run. Uh, all right, uh, let's uh, let's call it a show. Uh, we got a press conference to watch in about 15 minutes. Uh, just True setting that. the table for, for this week here at TFC and here at Toronto Till I Die. Um, the Tunnel Club will be back uh, on Thursday. Uh, recapping uh, the day after show, recapping the Columbus game. And then we will be back uh, again on Sunday, recapping the Seattle Busy boys. Game. Yeah, we will be busy boys hosting those shows. Uh, Mr. Nesker, you're, I see you on the show each time. Um, drop, grab a mic and come in and, and chat with us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes sometimes I'm a bit I'm a bit too deep in the libations to, to make any good points. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and sometimes you I'm... You should have heard us from Halifax last oh, week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. I did hear you from Halifax last time. That was a yeah. show I would jump in on. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Fair enough. I, I, I plan to. It, I, I've got a few errands that I have to take care of. Uh, this week that that may preclude it but but i may drop in just to throw out one of my hot takes but i mean you guys you guys are killing it on that show and 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 you know we had you guys had chris on with you know chris is becoming a regular a regular guest because he brings up points that he wants to discuss with you guys which is exactly what we wanted we wanted to have a regular rotating cast of passionate tfc fans 
voicing their, you know, their gripes, their grievances, their, their hot takes, their lukewarm takes. And that's exactly what's happening. So, uh, and it's just yeah. much, mine and Sean's job is to pull them back from the yeah. ledge. Yeah, pull yeah back exactly. From and that's pull you back from the ledge. Yeah. That's yeah. what we want. We want, we want to hear from you. Like we can, we get, we don't, Mike and I don't need to talk for a month. Nope. It's really nope. about talk, letting you guys as the fans say what you got to say. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So, so follow at uh, TFC Tunnel Club uh, to find out when the shows drop. Uh, we'll drop the Twitter Spaces uh, link there. Uh, and then we'll be back next week, Monday, recapping uh, this week here at Toronto uh, FC and here at, at Toronto Till I Die. So follow at Toronto Till I Die uh, for all the latest. Uh, and also, you know, three burning questions. Now you know we're going to read him. We're going to, yeah, we love that. There. I love so, that yeah, segment. Absolutely. Just at mention mm-hmm. uh, at Toronto till I die. If you want to mention me directly, you can at mention at football saves. We'll read out those questions. I am saving those for those I, that did not get onto the show because they might be relevant later and we might read them mm-hmm. out. So, hey, uh, Mamu can use one or two on the uh, tunnel club. Absolutely. Yeah. If you also 100%. want to ask a question on the Tunnel Club and, and are a little shy and don't want to get on the mic, uh, then just at, mention us at TFC Tunnel Club, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get your comment or question on air as well. Um, but good plan, that boys. Is, that is a good, that was a great show. Uh, really, yeah. really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, so on behalf of Jeffrey, Pete Nesker, and Sean Levy, my name is Mike Newell. Thanks for listening or watching again at Toronto Till I Die. We'll see you next week, guys. Cheers. Have a good Cheers. one. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.